Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hello and welcome to the 2022 Punching Out Genius Awards. I'm Ryan, joined today by Noah. I'm so glad to be here, Ryan. And Lou. Thank you for having us, Ryan. Last week, we covered some of the lesser geniuses of this year, a you know, category that still includes figures like Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Whole Foods, and some other people whose names are eluding me at the moment, but no doubt very important geniuses just because they were in the show for lesser geniuses doesn't mean you should respect them any less but as we did last year we have saved the biggest punchers the heaviest hitters the real geniuses for the second part of the awards which you're going to listen to today so without further ado we're going to lead into our first category here which for today is geopolitics now this is a rich field vladimir putin gave a very good effort this year i think it has to be said (laughs) he tried his hardest no shortage of competition but our genius there never is somehow that's true and there's always the president or former president of brazil to consider so he still didn't win i don't remember his name his he won in um i i think he got immunology that's right, yeah. <laughs> Applied immunology. Specifically. Right. Um, okay, anyway. This is very anyway. serious. Uh, our genius of the year in the world of geopolitics, overcoming all of the opposition, is none other than Elon Musk, who claims his first genius award here. Um, after years of us shutting him out because we felt like he was trying too hard to win one, um, this is his first genius award and we've got to give it up for him here. Why is he being awarded a genius in the category of geopolitics? That's not really his field, is it? Elon Musk had an amazing year in many respects, but he's winning this particular award for the time that he, through a combination of presumable controlled substance use and Twitter polling tried to solve the Ukraine crisis. Which, you know, he's very qualified to do. Absolutely. The most the most qualified person on earth, some would say. Lou, I think you have some of the, the specifics of what his plan were. Yeah, so Elon Musk back earlier this year, because it has been an extraordinarily long year. This was back in, in October. Uh, he, two months ago. Two months ago. Oh, good God. Uh, <laughs> this felt like it happened in March. Right? Uh, that's, that's the year that uh, has been. Anyway, so back in a long time ago, two months ago, October, uh, Elon Musk puts on Twitter, which at the time he had not yet been forced to purchase. So he was just an everyday guy tweeting 
tweeted his plan for resolving the crisis in Ukraine where Russia is invading invading Ukraine and Ukraine's not having much fun with that. They don't like that. Uh, so Elon's plan was that Ukraine needs to allow Russia to keep uh, Crimea, the peninsula that Russia invaded in 2014. Ukraine will have no further claims to that peninsula. Furthermore, the people of Ukraine must uphold the referendum that Putin did uh, in the territories that Russia holds, saying whether or not they wanted to be part of the of Ukraine or Russia. Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, um, was not fond of this idea, and the German or the Ukrainian ambassador to Germany told Elon to how do I put it, um, go away, but with way worse words <laughs> that we can't say on the radio. It was pretty great. And that was his plan. And, and people reacted to it precisely how you would suspect. One detail in how he unfurled this plan was via Twitter poll, uh, asking yes. whether, quote, the will of the people should decide if these regions remain part of Ukraine or part, become part of Russia. There's any number of reason to doubt the legitimacy of referendums being held in those regions, given everything going on. But that's a special touch that I think Elon brings here, because all of our other candidates, I think you could argue that the uh, Qatari government in general made a really strong late game effort there. And it just to some extent. You know, what they did this year was just a product of work they'd been putting in for the exactly. last decade. Exactly. Shame we, we just... can't recognize them for that. But Elon just like, because on top of trying to solve the Ukrainian crisis this way, he then like a week later said, oh, by the way, those Starlink internet links that I've donated. Oh, I'm not going to pay for those anymore. You should ask the Pentagon to pay for those. But he didn't pay for most of them in the first place. 85% of the Starlink units were donated by Poland, the U.S., NGOs, other countries, just gave them. And he said, oh, but this is costing me like $400 million a year. I can't afford this anymore. You need to pay me. The, the Where I'm going with this is precisely that, well, normally you have to have the resources of a state behind you. Elon Musk is managing to do it with to be fair, the resources of probably several small states combined. And we should also point out that by by what you're saying, for all those of us who were politically aware and online in 2004, Elon Musk, like John Kerry before him, forgot Poland. <laughs> that is an incredibly deep poll that... Ugh. Well done. Um, just to quote a bit from this CNN article about the uh, Starlink thing, um, quote, though Musk has received widespread acclaim and thanks for responding to requests for Starlink service to Ukraine right as the war was starting. In reality, the vast majority of the 20,000 terminals have received full or partial funding from outside sources, including the U.S. government, the U.K. and Poland, according to the SpaceX letter to the Pentagon. Uh, SpaceX requests that the U.S. military foot the bill has rankled top brass at the Pentagon, with one senior defense official telling CNN that SpaceX, quote, has the gall to look like heroes while having others pay so much and now presenting them with a bill for tens of millions per month. 
and and when the Pentagon complains that you're making them spend too much money, your your bilking is again top notch. That's just more proof of what we're dealing with here. For me, the move that this most recalls actually is um, his generous offer to provide ventilators during the start of the COVID pandemic in 2020 to hospitals, which never really materialized. And it's very interesting considering he didn't think the disease existed or would be a big deal, depending on which day you caught him on. Yes. uh, There's a now infamous tweet of his where he said that uh, we were likely to see no new deaths from COVID by April 2020. Things have not panned out that way, unfortunately. At any rate, we have a lot of categories to cover today, so I, I think it's best that we move on from geopolitics to the related but you know distinct field of government contracting. Again, uh, this is a field that is always contested by whoever is responsible for the F-35. Um, it's, they've been in the running for like eight years now. It's ridiculous. Did you see that video of the like crash landing where it's just yeah. coming straight down and then Bounces. the pilot ejects yep. from the ground? <laughs> Magical. Uh, wonderful radio to be describing a video for people who can't see it. But, uh, <laughs> The dead giveaway was that at the end, the F-35's lights flashed in Morse code, stop me before I kill again. (laughs) Um, F-35 didn't win this year. No, they are, unfortunately, just an honorable mention. Always always the bridesmaid, never the bride, the F-35. Maybe next year. Maybe. Really come with a a better swing next year, F-35 guys. This year's winner in the category of government contracting is Elon Musk uh, for his efforts specifically with the boring company, though, should be noted, SpaceX does a lot of government contracting itself, but it's the boring company, his uh, big tunnel project that, uh, you know, get it boring, you know, digging holes. It's very funny. That really stole the show this year, specifically because they didn't do much of anything. They were so notable in their absence, deafening <laughs> yes. in their silence. Um, I, I think the piece that really captures the Boring Company's efforts um, comes to us from Defector, which um, notes a reported article by the Wall Street Journal that, uh, you know, the Boring Company had made these big promises of hyperloops and tunnels under major American cities to alleviate their traffic problems via the creation of new tunnels for cars to drive in that, you know, even in theory would only be limited to one-way traffic, but in practice have rarely appeared at all. As the Wall Street Journal reports uh, in an extended segment here, uh, quote, that fall, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan was standing at a fenced-off site affixed with boring signs near Fort Meade and telling a videographer to get ready for a high-speed train from Baltimore to Washington. Mr. Hogan declined to comment. An aide to Mr. Hogan toured a parking lot test site at the company's then-headquarters near Los Angeles International Airport, getting a look at a tunnel boring machine the company had purchased secondhand. Boring named it Godot, the title character in Samuel Beckett's play about a man who never shows up. Uh, the Republican Hogan administration sped up the bureaucratic process for boring, granting a conditional permit in October 2017, an environmental permit a few months later, 
All Boring had to do was bring its machine and start digging, former Maryland official said. But months and then years passed. Maryland was waiting for Godot. Boring deleted the Maryland project from its website this year. The choice of name, just, I don't know how you really top that, just in its poetic. Because the thing with Musk, the thing that, again, I think distinguishes him as a genius, I don't know if he's our first multi-award winner in the same year, but if he is, that just proves, again, the level of talent that we're dealing with, is that this is a man who is both incapable of actual irony, but is convinced that he has mastered it. He has a completely hubristic relationship with humor or comedy, the same way that any 13-year-old boy does. And as a result, he is incapable of cracking even the most decent joke, because none of it is done in any earnest way to make anyone laugh. It is entirely to make himself seem smarter than he actually is, which, to be fair, is a very low bar to clear. And yet I'm pretty sure, like most of his companies, he can't manage that. Speaking of things that aren't done in earnest, what Defector and the Wall Street Journal seem to come across as a pattern in the boring company of making big promises and then not showing up to deliver them. It was noted in a book that earlier this year, an excerpt that circled through Twitter, a website that Musk now owns, about how his plans for the Hyperloop were only announced to stymie California's then effort to produce or build high-speed rail linking its cities. You know, instead of public investment in mass transit, the Boring Company would produce Hyperloop underneath LA, underneath the Bay Area, and simply everybody would get around via car faster. And he promised that they'd be able to dig tunnels faster than ever before and do all these things that had never been done before, perhaps because they are bad ideas. And really, that's where it stops for the Boring Company. It is only an effort to prevent people from investing in public transit because Musk owns a car company. And like owners of car companies in the past, he has an interest in preventing America's infrastructure from relying more on mass transit and less on his personal vehicle. You've really got to admire the guy for convincing governments across the country to buy into what is essentially the Looney Tunes method of transportation as a legitimate way to fix traffic problems. It, like that does truly take a genius level of mastery of government ins and outs to say like, yeah, no, this is something that you would see in a cartoon for actually working. This is legit. hundred percent, totally not a made up thing. hundred percent real. And they buy it. I'm actually going to slightly disagree there because if there's anything we know about especially local governments in this day and age, though state governments also suffer from this, it's that all you need is one friend who owns a construction company and you will direct every piece of state or local business their way at the expense of the actual constituents that you should be serving. And Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, who fast-tracked these permits, is a man who declared, um, I think the, 
the joke with him was that he declared it to be Korean barbecue day or kimchi day. I think it was uh, a few weeks ago in Maryland, probably so he could eat some Korean barbecue on the clock as governor on his way out, which is, by the way, should have gotten him a technical genius award. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had not heard that story before, but that's wonderful. Um, I, I do want to quote a bit from this Defector article before closing up the segment because it's Defector that really gets at um, the trick Musk is pulling here, which is um, to quote from the article, which is written by uh, Albert Bernecco and he- headlined, What the Boring Company Does. Quote, if you simply never show up to do the work, then the grift stops shy of putting you afoul of anybody or any agency with the authority to put you in actual prison where other fraudsters in the past have, you know, made promises and signed contracts to fulfill those promises. The boring company has its efforts have petered out before any ink was put to paper and before any evidence of actual criminal fraudulence could manifest, which is really the thing that keeps the company running or not running as the case may be. We could say so much more, but as always, a lot of geniuses we have to get to when we come back from this brief break. We're going to talk about geniuses in new fields and people really breaking new ground, unlike, again, The Boring Company. We'll be back. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester. If you'd like to continue slacking off, you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined still by Noah. Once again, so proud to be here tonight. And Lou. Hey, guys. In our first segment, we covered the 2022 Genius Awards in the field of geopolitics, which went to Elon Musk, and government contracting, which also, surprisingly, went to Elon Musk. More awards to give out. Let's not wait any further. Our next category is Contributions to Primatology, which is um, very similar to the animal welfare category we gave out last week, but um, we're carving out a new a different niche for it because we simply had to acknowledge the contributions to primatology made by one Elon Musk, who wins his third genius award of the year in this category because of what his company Neuralink has been doing in its research, largely on monkeys, primates, but also on sheep and dogs, it seems. Noah, you might more know more about this one. What's interesting about this one is, I think, uniquely for Musk's companies, it was Neuralink employees that filed complaints and brought this to the attention of um, what passes in this country for a regulatory agency. In this case, Neuralink ran afoul of the Inspector General for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. They are uh, opening a federal probe into violations of the Animal Welfare Act. And this is because, and I'm quoting here from a Reuters article from December 6th, 
In all, the company has killed about 1,500 animals, including more than 280 sheep, pigs, and monkeys, following experiments since 2018, according to records reviewed by Reuters and sources with direct knowledge of the company's animal testing operations. The sources characterize that figure as a rough estimate because the company does not keep precise records on the number of animals tested and killed. Later, it mentions that, but current and former Neuralink employees say the number of animal deaths is higher than it needs to be for reasons related to Musk's demands to speed research. Through company discussions and documents spanning several years, along with employee interviews, Reuters identified four experiments involving 86 pigs and two monkeys that were marred in recent years by human errors. The mistakes weakened the experiments as research value and required the test to be repeated, leading to more animals being killed, three of the current and former staffers said. So let it not be said that Elon Musk is the kind of man for whom killing animals will stand in the way of scientific progress? Question mark. Because it's debatable if Neuralink has done something. We should say here, Neuralink, one of his lesser known ventures possibly is uh, effectively promising that uh, within the next decade or so, you'll be able to put a chip in your brain and that will positively impact your life in some way. That sounds like dystopian sci-fi nonsense. It's possible because that's what it is, but it is what they are promising. I think you're right to note, Noah, that it is Neuralink employees themselves who have brought this to the attention of the federal government. As we said in last week's episode, not good when the federal government is specifically investigating one of your companies. You've probably geniused a little too hard if that is happening. You you overbrained it. Yes. What's notable that it's his employees speaking out is that he has earned a reputation for not letting his employees speak out. Uh, you know, famously in his time at Tesla, he has fired critics. He has um, fired his critics at SpaceX. You know, this is not a man who is known for his love of a free and open debate in the workplace. He's not one who likes to bring along a lot of naysayers for the project. You know, he has cultivated around him people who are committed specifically to his goals and who aren't willing to tell him no, which has probably had a negative impact on who he is as a person, but nevertheless has tended to mean that there aren't a lot of employees speaking out and stories like this around his companies because people are silenced before they can do so. I can't remember which article it was, but there was a quote about the employees at Neuralink, I think it was that Reuters article, um, where they said that part of the mistakes that they were making that was leading to these additional animal deaths that were unnecessary was because of the environment in which they were working. Musk would uh, email them at early hours in the morning, say, this other company is doing this and and has announced this, uh, and then 10 minutes later reply and say, this isn't good enough, you must do better. So this impacts employees and employees who aren't used to working around Musk, like they are famously at uh, SpaceX or Tesla, where they spend a lot of time managing Musk is, is the word. Um, so 
this is just a, another example of how his presence itself disrupts work and makes it a bad environment for people to be in. Let alone these animals who are being tested and experimented on so that you can tweet from your brain. Uh, maybe one day. Which we all understand that that's not going to happen, right? Like, the other companies that are in the same field as Neuralink, they're saying, like, you can do a text to, or like a brain-to-text app or something like that. It's not going to make you walk again. It's not going to do anything like that, at least not in our lifetimes. But that's what Musk is promising. That's because Elon Musk is the only person on Earth who has watched all of Black Mirror and thinks those are great ideas. <laughs> Nailed it. The thing with the Neuralink, so a little bit more detail again from this Reuters article. On several occasions over the years, Musk has told employees to imagine they had a bomb strapped to their heads in an effort to get them to move faster. On one occasion a few years ago, Musk told employees he would trigger a market failure at Neuralink unless they made more progress. Now, the people that have to work somewhere like Neuralink, this I think is the big difference between Tesla and SpaceX and Boring and Neuralink. At some point, the people you're going to be working with are we, – we know that Elon Musk is not a real engineer, not a real physicist. He is – apparently, uh, his, his the status of his college degree is even in question as to how it was acquired. There's some shady stuff to do with that as well. But that's all in the allegation sphere right now, and we know Elon doesn't like it when other people use their free speech, so we'll keep it there for now. But the people who work for Neuralink are people who have to be very good, and, and I suspect this is the real why it requires so much of his genius, right? These are people who are going to be experts at a particular field of study that Elon knows he has no command over. He has no purchase, no foothold, nothing in this field. With Tesla, with SpaceX, with Boring... As long as you learn a few of the right phrases from your engineers and parrot them back to the rubes that worship him all over the online world, it'll be fine. But there's only so much you can do with scientists who have to obey, who have been trained in certain research protocols and following certain rules that, if broken, make you subject to the federal government in a way that auto companies, that government contractors, that are just not subject to because the public sector in this country is a piggy bank for billionaires. So Neuralink is the one place where this could happen and employees could speak out because A, they are going to be able to find other jobs because there will be other companies equally as evil uh, in the, in their treatment of animals that will need people who can do scientific work. There are other companies that just need research scientists. I mean, it, it's not like they're, aren't other things going on. And I think Musk knows that. And that's why he's trying to, he's always trying to push this idea of it, it, it's driving me nuts that we can't, he actually says that in an email, it's driving him nuts that they aren't in the 10 minutes since he emailed, figuring out a way to allow people to walk in via brain chip. This is a man who heard uh, Keanu Reeves say, I know Kung Fu, 
and has had that scene on constant replay in the back of his own unchipped brain for decades. And that is the the way that you create this particular kind of genius, this level of hubris, this level of abusiveness towards employees. It's like what they used to say about some of the uh, Grail Knights in Arthurian legend. They, they, he's so perfect as to not be human anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's all well put, and I think ties a nice bow on this category for us. Uh, we're going to move on now into the Genius Award for Quality Control, which, um, Lou, who is this Genius Award going to? Uh, this year's Genius in the category of Quality Control goes to Elon Musk. Wow, just it's an incredible run for him here cleaning up specifically uh, he's being awarded a genius award for quality control because of his efforts with his company tesla which uh, up until a few months ago was the most famous thing he owned it's his car company and it's a car company that has had an awful lot of recalls this year Um, i'm looking at a tweet by Steve Ratner, which notes that um, amid federal probes into its autopilot technology, Tesla's quality control issues seem to be getting worse. The automaker has issued 20 vehicle recalls in 2022 thus far. That's up for from 11 in 2021 and four in 2020. There's this nice chart in the tweet that has previous years recalls being only in the single digits, you know, nothing like this year. Um, And this year really has seen um, an explosion, if you will, of videos of Tesla's catching fire spontaneously, Tesla's making curious decisions about uh, what to do when pedestrians or other cars are around. Tesla's not doing what Musk has promised that they will do for the better part of a decade now, which is drive themselves for roughly the last 10 years. He has been making promises about what the boring company will provide for cities, what uh, SpaceX will provide for our ability to put people on Mars and what Tesla will be able to do for transportation and taking the wheel out of driver's hands and into the hands of AI into the hands of full self-driving beta, which has uh, taken the streets by storm. Well, it's not even a wheel anymore. It's that weird, like, horseshoe-shaped thing. Mm-hmm. That you can't turn all the way around. <laughs> but it's it's more efficient because that's what race car drivers use. Yep. And also, a I, I specifically remember a friend of mine mentioning the other day that they were in a Tesla, Uber, or Lyft, one of those companies. And even though survive? the Tesla... They did, otherwise they wouldn't be tweeting about it, but they had a colossal center console, but you can't do anything with it, so he still had to run, the drivers still had to run the GPS off their phone. So even the one thing that it could do that would actually be helpful, no, uh, not allowed. The, The story of Tesla, as somebody who... I had high school teachers who were very head up about the idea of, you know, electric cars. And if only we could fund electric cars, that would be amazing. That would save the planet. Right. And again, with this kind of ability across every field so far, 
Elon Musk has shown that it is simply impossible to solve transportation issues through things like electric cars, because they will unfortunately always be under the control of someone like Elon Musk, who considers pedestrians and children to be momentary obstructions to getting somewhere, you know? The the red lights on the GPS, nothing more. Obstacles in that great obstacle course we call life and he calls a living nightmare. Remember when there was that guy on Twitter who was offering up his child to test if the autopilot would actually stop? <laughs> Unfortunately, I do remember that. But yeah. he had to check with his wife first. My brain is worse off for that fact. Um, that, that's how you know this is a modern story, because that's that. Uh, I, I love that we are trying to recreate the story of Abraham right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's actually that gets at the real issue here. You have Tesla, whose cars, uh, I think, like a third of them that the company has ever made have had to be recalled because the quality control is so bad that you almost wonder who even gets hired to do this. And clearly they are not being paid enough because they don't care. Because why would they? The cars are assembled with like scotch tape and bailing wire. And then they pour gasoline over the whole thing just in case. And then you've got SpaceX rockets that keep exploding at various stages of the mission. And half the time you have to deal with weirdo Elon Musk worshippers who will go, oh, well, actually, that was a successful launch because, you know, it didn't blow up until it made re-entry. So it, it's actually fine that by the end of it, you didn't have a spaceship left. That's okay. And that's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with somebody who is so clearly beyond our mortal realm in the ways that human beings think about things that he has reached a godlike point of reputation where people are willing to sacrifice their children to him. And it doesn't matter how many people he, his cars attempt to kill, including the people inside of them. They're basically just road legal F-35s. None of this is going to matter. These people continue to treat him as though he is God on earth. It's incredible the resilience that is is that this weird commute. It's not really a community. This weird cult he's built around him has. I knew that Americans worship billionaires and hucksters, but at some point, the huckster has to be less obvious. Between Tesla and the boring company's efforts, you have a you get a sense of Musk's view of how we address the climate crisis, which is just more electric cars, you know, by moving away from gas powered vehicles and replacing each of those with an electric vehicle, you can solve all the problems. There's nothing wrong with car infrastructure as it exists. Mass transit. We don't need that. He doesn't want to be around other people. Other people, it seems don't really want to be around him, but that's another matter. Everybody should just be in their own car. And there are a lot of reasons why this is not an adequate answer to the problems we face when it comes to climate change. Um, electric vehicles 
the carrying capacity as we see in the Hyperloop. Like, even if you had tens of those, you could not move as many people through a city as you can with, like, one subway train that's moderately crowded. Just the scale is not there to have, for everybody to have their own car. Um, there was a tweet from earlier this year by um, Sean O'Kane. Elon Musk himself was talking at a Financial Times conference uh, about the idea of induced demand, which is studies have shown that if you add another lane to a highway or widen roads so that people can get around with less traffic, what happens is that more people drive and you wind up with the same level of congestion and gridlock and traffic as you did before. You don't solve the problem. You just manage to make it bigger. Quote from Elon Musk, uh, rebutting all of this research over the course of decades, quote, I have to say that this notion of induced demand is one of the single dumbest notions I've ever heard in my entire life. Quote, if adding roads just increases traffic, why don't we delete them and decrease traffic? I think you'd have an uproar if you did that. But what's happened is that cities have done that and traffic did decrease. Like reality, he rejects it and substitutes his own. his own. Yep. Well, think, look at how he, look at the verb choice. The diction, I think, is very important with him. This is a man who thinks that dropping a Latin phrase into a conversation automatically makes you sound smart. So when you see him say, he didn't say take out roads, remove roads. He said delete roads. He's thinking he's playing like he's Sim playing, City. Yes. He thinks he's playing City Skylines. Yes. Because my man is 100% a paradox gamer. And as a result, he thinks that's how it works. You just click the mouse and then boom, it's gone. It's bulldozed. And there, and because he thinks he's playing city skylines, all he can think is, oh, if you if the numbers start going in the red, then you add this other thing that makes the numbers stop going in the red and turn them green. That's the level of mind we're working with here. And I feel the need to restate that that is why he's such a genius, because nothing breaks through this illusion. He's in a perfect bubble where everything works like a video game. Because it does when you have as much money as he does. It, it's a video game in which you've turned the cheat mode on. The outside world of facts and science and research is out there. And Elon is in his Tesla playing Tetris on the on-screen display while cruising at 50 miles an hour. We're going to take a break here. When we there come back, we will... <laughs> We will have more geniuses and the 2022 genius of the year. You won't guess who it is. You're listening to Punching Out on Wayo 104.3. You can subscribe to the show or listen to past episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other podcast apps. We are also on Facebook and Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the 2022 Punching Out Genius Awards. I'm joined still by Noah. So glad to be back, Ryan. And Lou. Hey, guys. Um, we've had a lot of this 
you know, geniuses so far on the show. We only have so much time. So it, it's worth talking about uh, categories of real importance now. Like, um, I think. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Ryan, I'm sorry to interrupt. We have a nomination from the floor, so to speak, a special okay. genius award. The genius okay. award in romantic creativity has just been awarded to Elon Musk. Now, why is that? Because I don't. Hmm. I'm just going to read straight up from the week. Uh, this is an article by Peter Weber from back in May, so approximately three millennia ago. Elon Musk propositioned a flight attendant on his private jet while she was giving him a full body massage, in which he declined to perform a sex act, Musk's SpaceX cut back her hours, leading to an eventual $250,000 settlement insider reports, citing documents from the confidential settlement. Anyway, this is all very normal. That's uh, uh, unfortunately because we live in hell. But the actually important part, the thing that got Musk this genius award is, according to the declaration, after Musk uh, exposed himself to the flight attendant during the massage, he touched her and offered to buy her a horse if she oh, would I forgot, do more. I forgot this happened. So Elon Musk's uh, <laughs> sexual horse. harassment line, his, his arsenal of sexual harassment includes, I'll buy you a racehorse. Again, what can you even say to that? Was it a racehorse? Apparently, the it, it says here that the attendant rides horses. All I saw was a horse. You're right. I I may have assumed that it was a racehorse. If you if you do sex acts, I will give you a pony. Like, girl, yeah. there's something very 1600s about it. Um, you know, very much old school. Um, Samuel Peeps. Yeah. You know, that let's was a chicken combine our one. families. Let's. Uh, trade these goods for those again, goods again the man is a paradox gamer he thought this would work <laughs> he's doing a crusader king scheme we have so little time we we have to move on to Absolutely. other categories now the genius award in 2022 in the category of international labor law goes to elon musk um who has excelled across national boundary this year we already discussed his contributions to geopolitics you know this is a man whose reach is truly worldwide if it is not yet interplanetary um still waiting on those mars trips this is yet another category in which he beat out the government of qatar by the way to be fair they were only violating national labor law uh, well, for the moment, yeah, Th those people came. Those people were not from Qatar, so <laughs> this is true. Anyways, anyway, um, yes. Um, so, let's where to begin with this. this one? Oh boy, um, the the man is um, much like that one French king before him. When it comes to violating labor law, he is a universal spider in that he has built a complex web of, of horror for employees at all of his companies. He will sexually harass you and tell you that he'll buy you a horse if you agree to it. He will... Uh, that was SpaceX. And wait, that's not even the only case from SpaceX, now is it? No, because um, 
As Reuters reported back uh, in November, uh, eight SpaceX employees say they were fired for speaking up against him. Again, the man does not like to be criticized by those he views as below him, which is a category that includes all of, yes, everybody. One that I also want to get to here is a story from March, which the man was very prolific this year. It has to be said, really covered the calendar with his efforts. The Um, error judge of violating labor law. (laughs) Yes. That he did it constantly Uh, and had artificial help. Yes. um, This is from March 3rd, a story in NPR. Elon Musk dares United Auto Workers to try to unionize Tesla. Um, Musk tweeted Thursday that he's able to maintain the Tesla workforce because the company compensates and treats his employees well. Because of this, Musk claimed he's not worried about union organizing at his company. He says that Tesla will do nothing to stop them, which is very hard to believe. Um, It should be noted that comments like this where you talk about where you effectively are daring a union to try and form, given context often toe the line of violating labor law when you imply that somebody might lose their job because of their efforts to unionize. He would not be the first CEO to accidentally tweet out a violation of labor law in this regard. I think Dave Portnoy did this year or last year. But Musk got into the swing of things in violating labor law with his purchase of Twitter where he promptly laid off a bunch of workers who he couldn't actually lay off. Uh, He found that he needed to provide three months notice in a state like California and that some workers he couldn't just fire by email in large chunks of Europe. Uh, The man simply fired first and asked questions later, which is not a good way to go through life in any regards but it is why he has so many children. I should. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) You may have to edit that out. Also, (laughs) I should mention uh, that Elon Musk did get in trouble for previous anti-union tweets. So the one that he fired off this year wasn't even his first issue with Tesla unionizing. And in fact, he apparently fired Richard Ortiz, an employee at Tesla, for talking about a union. And Tesla was eventually ordered to reinstate him because the NLRB is like marginally better than it usually is under this administration. Uh, Another headline here notes that uh, must mass layoffs pose huge issues for a lot of the workers at Tesla and the or at Twitter in the United States who are on H-1B visas, you know, when he lays them off, their immigration status is now up in the air entirely. Um, and a lot of the workers who remain at Twitter after he has laid off, you know, what he says is half the company are workers who don't have much of a choice. Um, a lot of workers left of their own volition when he asked if they would like to go hardcore with him um which this time was not a proposition if you're on an h1b visa and your status in the united states depends on you holding this job your options are much more limited than they are for a lot of tesla or twitter employees or employees at any of his companies but twitter's the one where he's been laying people off 
the the H1B visa thing is endemic to the tech world. It is for those of you who may be unfamiliar, it is an employee employer, pardon me, employer sponsored visa. That is your employer does a bunch of the paperwork uh, for you to get that visa. And then if which means if you lose your job, you have 60 days to find another employer who will not only hire you, but is willing to take on that paperwork. One of the more offensive things after Elon Musk bought Twitter and started firing people and giving them buyouts and so on is a lot of tech workers treated it as not that big a deal because if you can take three months of what is presumably pretty good pay and then go look for a job after the holidays based on when he bought the company, then you're in pretty good shape, which misses out the fact that not everyone can guarantee that there's going to be another job on the other end. And more importantly, not everyone can guarantee that ICE isn't going to bust down your door if you don't find one. So, you know, it, it, there's there's real consequences to this. I mean, I don't know how much trouble we get in with the FCC, but this is akin to a hostage situation. You are holding, th- this is not all that different from all of the uh, trafficking operations we hear about where passports or other documents are held so that people are beholden to their employers. The difference is that here it's being done by somebody who is essentially like public enough that there's no way to to treat him as just some regular old sleaze. I, I think the idea of like taking this as an opportunity also places a lot of trust on Elon Musk to actually pay out those severance payments because as the New York Times reports, he's not always doing that. This is a, a bit an business insider, which quotes heavily from a report by the New York Times, uh, quote, Twitter has stopped paying rent for any of its offices, including its San Francisco headquarters, and Musk has instructed employees to no longer pay Twitter's vendors. The Times, citing a recent New Hampshire lawsuit, found that Twitter has also refused to pay nearly $200,000 in private plane flights taken in late October. Last month, in an effort to save money, Twitter laid off 50% of its more than 7,000-person workforce, promising that U.S.-based employees would get three months' pay, including 60 days of salary pay. The Times reports that Musk's team is now weighing the possibility of not paying the severance at all and risking lawsuits from disgruntled workers. This is another innovation on Musk's part of simply not paying one's bills and letting the chips fall where they may, see if anybody has the power to hold the now second richest man in the world to account. We could go on and on, but still more categories to award. I know it's very late in the show. We're nearing the hour mark, but we have to give out one more category of Genius Award, which is our Genius Award for Advocacy for Freedom of Speech. A lot of people go genius mode when it comes to the subject of freedom of speech. A lot of people really expand their brains on this topic, but it's a genius activator for the year of 2022 is, well, it's Elon Musk. This is a man who prior to buying Twitter had positioned himself as a free speech absolutist. There's been some reporting and like, revealed text messages that suggest the thing that spurred him into buying Twitter was when the site banned 
the Babylon Bee, which is a notorious right wing satire site and just deeply unfunny. But um, yeah, 72 point air quotes are on satire, please. Yes. Musk in his campaign to take over Twitter promised that the rules would be very different under his watch. He would be so bold as to not even suspend the account that tracks his private jet. And as of this past week, he did exactly that. He also suspended a lot of journalists for reporting on the fact that he suspended the private jet account. And some people who reported on the journalists getting suspended for reporting that. Hold on, hold on. He triple tapped the plane account? (laughs) Triple (laughs) tapped. He had made it out that this account was... uh, tweeting his, uh, quote, assassination coordinates, which is a term that he did not come up with because he never comes up with any of his own products. No, he didn't. He just stole the Obama administration's policy there. Yeah. Uh, His reign as head of Twitter has seen, in fact, a lot of critics of his see their accounts mysteriously disappear. All the while, he is... uh, made this big show of publicly unveiling how the old Twitter administration did business and it's how it took matters of censorship and, you know, who to punish on its site with its rules as just truly beyond the pale, you know, great violations of freedom of speech. We had an episode about his takeover of Twitter that noted that his view of freedom of speech, you know, this wild West is greatly at odds with what advertisers want from the site well, one of the journalists that he used to do this, um, number one, ongoing disappointment, Matt Taibbi was one of them. The other was known quantity Barry Weiss, who now has fallen out of favor in, in the court because she criticized Musk's own suspension of other journalists because they have class solidarity sometimes. And as a result, he started attacking her, saying, you know, you're you're no longer on the side of the angels and you believe these evil things and so on, which is yet more proof that what you are dealing with here is you cannot give people. I mean, nobody deserves to have a hundred plus billion dollars, but you especially cannot give it for the good of the world, for the good of society, for the good of everyone uh, on this call and everyone listening to it. You cannot give a hundred billion dollars to somebody with the emotions of a particularly selfish five-year-old. That is not healthy. And I think on some level, even Elon Musk supporters know that, but they also know that how much they stand to lose if they admit it. And as a result, even though he has gone back on every promise he made about the absolutism of free speech, All that's happened is more worship and more cult and more uh, uh, obsequious gratitude for him solving Twitter, you know, fixing Twitter, even as he drives it straight into the ground from a programming point of view, from an advertising point of view. And since people are attempting to decamp to other services, he's now resorted to um, making it impossible to post certain... um, I, I know for sure Mastodon. I don't know if other social media services have been affected, but he's been trying to make sure that you also can't post links to those saying that they reflect this information or that they are mysterious links or whatever it is. It's some fun term that you can tell he wrote himself or tapped somebody else on the shoulder and told them to write. 
So it's it's pretty disgusting the level to which people have humiliated themselves in his defense. And I mean, the man's unfortunately he's an idiot and because we're the show that we are, that also makes him a genius. I think it speaks to the sheer breadth of his efforts this year that on each of these topics, we could have gone another 10 minutes. We could have stretched them out to be a segment all of our own. We could have really dug deep into every article and every detail of what he had done. But the thing that makes him our genius of the year for 2022 is that he didn't just hit one category. He hit them all. I don't know if we've had a genius like this before. No, he ran the table. He ran every table. And what really worries me is the possibility that he might see this get posted. And there is a non-zero chance that he won't understand what we're actually saying about him. You have to really admire a guy that we all know in our hearts. Admire. 72 point air quotes. uh, That between when we're recording this and the third week of December through the end of the year, we're going to miss a lot of news. Even today, the EU said it was going to start looking into sanctions against Twitter for its actions against uh, the journalists who are banned. Um, So many of the articles that we discussed on today's show were from just the last two months, just from October, November, and December. Um, Elon Musk, ultimately is a just very public display of what happens to your brain. If you have enough money to surround yourself with people who always agree with your ideas and think you're the funniest person in the room. If you never have to take criticism from somebody that you can't dismiss literally from their jobs, then your brain becomes mush. Your brain becomes just, it, it starts to leak out of your ears. But and more mush than anyone else. That's yes. the important part. I'm increasingly convinced that wealth is a very powerful neurotoxin. And much of our society reflects that fact. That's you know a, something for a company like Neuralink to explore. That's not for us at the Genius Awards to really, you know, pontificate on um we've run out of time for this episode and this year i just want to thank the two of you for helping us honor the geniuses of the year of course uh i mean it it's important that our our yearly candidates for cerebral canonization be appropriately honored in a space like this not a Twitter space because they removed that feature when they found out people could. Still we can't. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> this year, I'm Ryan. I was Noah. And this was the Punching Out Genius Awards. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. 
Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are.